G'day countrymen, welcome to Phoenix Rising, the Alec Dumaji Chronicles. I'm Alec Dumaji, enjoy the show. I'm a rambler, honey, I got traveling in my blood. G'day countrymen, I'm Alec Dumaji and I'm coming to you from the Gulf Country, the lower Gulf of Carpentaria. Uh, I'm at a little place called Tirana Roadhouse, or Tirana Springs Roadhouse, which is about uh, a 40-minute drive from my home Aboriginal community of Dumaji uh, and a, uh, a town called Burketown. I'm on Gangalida and Wanyi country, and I'm very honoured to be up here. I've been up here doing some work for my people in my capacity as the chairperson of our tribal council, the Wanyi Native Title Aboriginal Corporation. I've got sitting with me today my old mother, Yalo Gunjimara, and we're about to get back into her story. The last time we chatted with her, uh, we were going through stuff around Northern Land Council and the issues of uranium mining uh, and being forced off her homelands, her estate that her, she inherited from her husband. But today, we're going to go back into her personal journey and her story about the Wanyagadaba Land Trust. Uh, we're going to go back to the beginning of when it all happened in 1980. Uh, the court cases back there. If you'd listened to my mother's first podcast with me, A Mother's Eyes, you would have heard her talk about her her old uncle, her dad, her, her big her big uncle, her Barangi, Willie Marundu Willie Dumaji, and her old auntie, who, who she got her name from, Yalagunjimara Lizzie Daylight. Good morning, mother. How are you today? Good morning. You feeling a bit tired after a big week of work here? Yeah, big week of work and late at night cooking for... Well, just for all our listeners out there, last night we had a big old celebration in Dumaji. We had a big crobbery. We put on a big barbecue, and Mum here was the the head chef behind it all, getting dampers cooked, which is damper is a, a an old uh, old Aboriginal way of cooking out in the bush uh, bush bread. Um, did you have, enjoy yourself last night? Yes, I enjoyed myself. I done everything for my son, supported him, and helped him at the home at Dumaji. I had my stepdaughter who helped me very much, Donna, and the other little brother just ran around doing things, Derek, who I only just grew them up, but I'm just a real mother to them today. Mm. They never, ever left me doing things myself. So we didn't, we didn't explain to our listeners the last time. I think, um, well, let's go through it. I'm your eldest son, so I'm your firstborn. Yes, and then... Then Garrick. Garrick, so Garrick, who is known as Black Boy, Black is your, your yeah. second-born child, so you yeah. gave birth to us too. Yeah. Uh, you had Garrick to um, Don, uh, George. Uh, Don George, Maji, my yeah. stepfather. Yeah. But then you took on your cousin's children, old Brian Daly, who was a Wanyi man. You you raised Dino from a year old? From six months six old. Six months old. So Dino was six months old, so, you had, so Dino's real name is Seth Daly. Seth Daly, yeah. Then I raised Derek who was 18 months old. Uh, Derek and Dina was a baby, and they had one sister, Donna, who was only three years old when I took her, and they're still with me today. You so, know? So, so Donna's home with you now, living in Dumaji and, and helping you, and she helped with the cooking last night. Yeah, she helps me with everything, no matter what i got to do. She'll say, Mum, sit down, I'll do it all, which is good. Yeah. So, now, our last time we spoke about your personal journey, we talked about your time um, in the dormitory in Dumaji. The dormitory is like residential schools where they took kids off their parents to raise them for their own good and educate them and civilise them and, you know, want to get those savages out and uh, get, teach them the white man's language and the white man's writing. But then you went on to 
uh, Give Birth to Me, and we spoke about the time you spent, uh, I guess, working for missionaries for basically slave labor in Dumaji and, and surrounding areas when Nana was still alive, my Nana Nina, who was the Barramundi Dreamin' from Gunamulla. Um, and then we went on to 1980 when the big Wanyigadawa Land Trust court hearing was held out on uh, Najibara and your Barangi, your big uncle, yeah. Marundu Willy Dumaji, yes. sang the Rainbow Serpent song basically to break his back and blind him. And in, sink him in the mud. And that happened at, uh, at Najibara? That happened at Najibara. Along with your big auntie, your namesake, the yeah, way you got your name from? Yeah, yeah, so what happened after that? So that was the last episode we spoke to you about your journey. What happened after that period? Did you come home? Was you? Is this the time you were already dating or, or in a relationship with Dad, Don George? Yeah, we, uh, we came home. The old man worked in the shop. And then we got married about 1982. How did, how did that relationship start? How did you meet Don George? I met George? Dad at the butcher shop in Dumaji. He was a professional Oh, really? In Dumaji's. And he was... Uh, he was a very skilled um, yeah. butcher. I've, I've seen him cut up bullocks before. He'd do it yeah. in 10, 15 minutes. Yes, he used to do I mean, that. I'm just exaggerating, but probably a half an hour. He was a real good butcher. Good, but that's why his youngest son, he could go out and do his own gear. Mm. Like Black Boy would live out in the bush. He could live out there on his own. You know, that's where he got his skills from his dad. And Eric and Dino, the two younger ones. So we got married in, in 1982 and we moved... He was working at the butcher shop. He had to leave the butcher shop to live on the land, to look after, you know, to get it back for his family. He had to leave his job and his kids, you know, he, he didn't work for his kids. We went out there and he lived on Centrelink. Mm. But then we lived there. There was Social Security back then, yeah? Yeah, and, and we, we went out there to make a hump. If we didn't have, if we had to come in and stay there, we had to... They were saying to us, if you live off the land and just wait until the land was given back. So we made it strong for the average, the people that owned the country. Made it strong. Tom and Don and their children moved on Najibar and made humpies and that and lived off the land. If we didn't do that, we wouldn't get the land back. Now you had one little yellow fella with you. And we had Alec as three years <laughs> old to four years old out on the land. 1982, 83. I, I think I, I remember correctly, but I think it would have been in the late 70s that we went out there. Yeah, late 70s with late John Dimock. With John Dimock, we went uh, 77, 77, 70, yeah, 78, 78. Um, when yeah. Dad and I first went. The land, the land. Yeah, it was, um, uh, was talking about giving back the land. Mm, and, and they went out there and set up camp, uh, done the road that was out there. And, and the, old, the old purple falcon that old dad, Tommy George, took it's out is still there. It's still in Najibara. It's still at Najibara. So that's the evidence of that old man's yes. occupation out there. Yes. Back to you and dad's story. So did you meet dad? Was you working at the, um, at the shop? At the shop because dad used to work in the butchers. I met him in the shop because he used to work in the butcher shop. He was the head man of the butcher shop behind the shop. And, and at this time, was I being cared for by Nana? Yeah, you used to stay home with Nana. Didn't have pre you used to have preschools. There was a lady I used to come and pick you up. She was a, I forgot her name. She, she was she a missionary in Dumaji? Yes, yeah, she was. Uh, they used to take you to school, but then used to stay with Fawcett. Oh, the Fawcett family would let me yeah. go and stay, hang out with them, and play yeah. for a bit. And I, I used to work there till about 
two o'clock, I think, and go home. Two to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why Simon Fawcett and, and Tim Fawcett became my friends because yes. I, I spent a bit of time. Oh, and Christopher a lot Thomas. Of time with them, yeah. Christopher Thomas. And Christopher Thomas' children. Yeah, or, or Phil Thomas. Oh, Phil Christopher Thomas. was my mate. Mate, yeah. Um, tell me this. T- uh, one of the early things I remember about you and Dad relationship, and I, I, I don't know whether this is a dream, but he used to have an old tradeback Toyota, an old grey one. Yes. And I believe he picked you up one time yeah. and went out and, and I was with you. You took me with you. This is the first time I, I, was, I felt like I was in a family. Yeah. You, you took me with you and we camped out at uh, 8 Mile. I, re- I remember an early memory of camping out at 8 Mile or somewhere like that on the back of his old Toyota. And I remember wake, I woke up early and I was walking around and you and Dad was up on the back of the Toyota sleep. And I, I, I'm not sure if that's just a dream, but can you remember that? No. Really? That was an early memory I had of, of one of the early memories I have of me, you, and Dad together. Yeah. And and it was the first time that I, I felt like I was in a family. Now, did he own an old grey Toyota or no? Yeah, old grey one he bought off one carpenter was used to live in Dumajit. So that's probably a memory that I can have because that's the one of the earliest memory I have. I, I believe you know where you know where Eight Mile where you, the old Eight Mile grid is, and you went down the bottom to where that that um, swamp there is. There's a lagoon there. Yeah. I, I believe we camped there. That's one thing I remember. I just wanted to mention that to you, see if you ever remember that. No. Okay, well, let's let's move forward to you being married, um, getting married in Dumaji. You got married under the Brethren Church? Uh, yeah. How did that? Tell me that story. How, who asked who, and, and did your dad, Stanley Dumaji, agree for this marriage? My dad was not there. He was in the hospital. I had my father's big brother with me, Willie Dumaji. So Marundu Willie Dumaji was the one that gave you away? Yes. Did he agree for this marriage? Yes. He's happy with it? Yes. Because that's an important thing, to have a big lawman like Marundu Willie be there to give you away. Yes, my dad's big brother um, uh, gave me away because my dad, my dad was in Townsville Hospital. Was he a bit crook? What he happened? was very sick. Okay. So my father's brother took the role of caring and saying, I'll do this for my big little brother. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Really beautiful. And, and who was the... So you got married in Dumaji? Yes. At the old church? At the, it was an old church. Because that, that became like the place where people later yeah. in... When I was a kid growing up... It was up, a dormitory. Used it, to it was be. a dormitory, but yeah. it, it, it sort of, um, yeah. I guess, doubled as a church yeah. as well. Yeah, Who was the one that married you? Alan Hockey. So Alan Hockey, the mission He's manager. The missionary. He, he, yeah. was the, he was the mission manager and the head of the Brethren Church at the time. So yes. he, he, yeah. he, he conducted the marriage ceremony. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so you get married to Dad. Dad also had four kids from his previous marriage. Yes. Remember his, his first wife, who she was? Yes, she was my cousin, the Barris Diamond. Yeah. Barris Diamond. Yeah. And she was related to the Diamond family. She was uh, Michael Diamond's sister, yeah? Yes, yeah. Um, uh, how much? Tell me about his stepkids. That he had, he had Janie, um, who was, uh, I guess, no, Janie, it was Janelle, Janelle, uh, Janelle. Uh, what's it? Lindell, sorry. Lindell. Lindell George. Um, yeah, she Dorothy. Had Dorothy George, Malcolm, Malcolm George, and, and Della. Della. Yeah. Yeah. There was his first children. So Della would have been only young because she's yeah. only a couple of years older than me. Did you yeah. help raise Della? Yes, I raised Della, and. Dorothy helped, she was with us. Also Janie, she's always with us. Mm. And when Blackboard was born, they helped to look after Blackboard. 
Glendale. Mm. So Blackmore was born in 1984. Yes. 1984. So you were, you, what year you got married? 1982. 82, so 1982. And his first wife died of tuberculosis, I believe, from what I, I understand. Know. Yeah. You know what year she died? Probably in the early 70s? No, it must have been because I wasn't at home. Okay, well, I, I, I read, well, I, I've not read, but I heard, I think I spoke to Dorothy about it, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that she, she passed on from tuberculosis. Oh. So, okay, you and Dad get married, you become a family, um, and there's this one, your, your first child, which is me, little yellow fellow with yeah. this. Tell me about, I guess, you know, how did Dad feel about me coming into the family and, and those early days? He took me on as his yeah, son? Yeah, he took you, and under his, yeah, his son, he used to carry you everywhere. And even Janie was the one who looked after you and cared for you. And, you know, you really followed your sister Janie around everywhere. She had, you know. So Janie became kind of my, my babysitter and looked after me quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she and her husband. Well, was she married before you and Dad? Her, did her and Patrick get no, married? No, they she got pa uh, married after. Oh, so Patrick and Janie got married yeah, after. Yeah. She got married to my brother-in-law, uh, oh. Patrick Jack from Mornington Island. And they really thought the world of you, Janie and Monkey. They took you everywhere. They were so lovely. Yeah. I was like their first baby. Yes. I remember... I guess the house that you had in Doomadji with Dad, one yeah. of the early things we used to do, Patrick and Janie, my brother-in-law Patrick and, and sister Janie, used to have television and video. Yes. And he used to show me Bruce Lee videos. Yes, a lot of videos he had. A lot, uncle, all of him there. A lot of Bruce Lee ones and... And, and Trinity yeah. movies? Trinity, yeah. Where did they get those from? Because back then it was very hard to get television and video well, in Doomadji. We didn't have, uh, like... Uh, TV, they had a just TV just for electricity. They used to buy uh, videos. Yeah, well, there, there was no television service in Doombidgee back then, so people used to watch video cassettes. They never had any TV or any news or anything. They used to, Graham Lemons used to come to Doombidgee and sell videos to people. Ah. Yeah. And that was back then too when I was when I was yeah, that small. Yeah, wow, I didn't small. I didn't know that he was yeah. he was coming out that early. Yeah, I used to sell tapes to people like to. Play tapes and that we could uh, old records. Yeah, old Graham Lemon used to do that. He's come from Clan Curry, yeah. But that didn't worry us to watch TV or anything. But kids loved it. Now we, we started living out at Nudgeborough as a family. Me, you, Dad, um, you know, and then then Black Boy came along in '84, and we yeah. all lived out bush. Yeah. Tell me about those early years living out at Nudgeborough on the wine you got to a land trust um, and, and what they were like. Well, we sort of lived out there, and it was really good. Dad had a trayback Toyota he bought off a carpenter. We used to live out there. At, and then when I came back, I went to Mount Isa. Black boy was born. When he was born, he didn't have time to stay in Doomedy. Dad picked us up at the airport, and he was with Dad. Oh, so I stayed with Dad while you, <coughs> you were... You stayed with Dad while I went to Mount Isa. I came back. The youth news, uh, you, you and Dad, you stay with Dad, and... Old Granny Colin and Ngari. Oh, right. No, my, my old babysitters. Yeah. And when, I, that was when Dad came in, you came in with Dad to pick me up. Colin and old Ngari stayed in Najibara, look after the camp. Mm. Yeah. So I came with Dad from Najibara on that little up. trip to pick you up at the airport. Yes. And with, with the new baby boy, black boy. Yes. So there's a photo at the moment, which I'll, I'll post up on my social media pages for all our listeners. There's a photo... 
I'm wearing a little blue shirt. Yeah. Um, it looks like me and Dad got pretty um, pretty well dressed for the occasion to come and meet you and his new baby. To, yeah. So he, he must have he must have took some pride in getting his little his little stepson ready to meet his new brother. Yeah, and we you you and Dad were standing there waiting, and you know what he had? He had a kulaman, what Robert made, and it was already done up. When I got out the plane with Blackboard, we put him in that kulaman. So a kulaman for all our listeners is a traditional Aboriginal like a uh, uh, baby carrier. It's, an, it's a traditional Aboriginal baby carrier. It's made normally from tea tree, uh, tea tree bark. So he would have made, he would have got Bubbit. So Bubbit was his mother, my yeah. grandmother on his side. Yeah. Would have, would have got, she would have had to spend a fair bit of time making that baby carrier for her new grandson. Yeah. She made this Kulaman and made it up and all I just put, when I got out of the plane into the, I didn't get out and jump in the car. Dad already had the Kulaman done and bought, and we just put Black Boy in that Kulaman. You see me holding the Kulaman like that with Black Boy in it. So who took that photo? I think that might have been Doug Jones. Uncle Doug. Photo. So there's a photo of, um, of myself at the, um, on this day. Uh, I'm in a little blue shirt with a, I think it's a Fantastic Four t-shirt. I don't know where the <laughs> hell I got that from. Um, <clears throat> Dad's there and, and my new baby brother Garrick, or Black Boy, is in this Kulaman, this traditional Aboriginal uh, baby-carrying thing that was made for her from tea tree bark. And that tea tree bark came from the river of Najibara on the wine you got a land trust. So our connection and our history with that country is very, very deep, very spiritual, very physical in all the forms that we have, you know, performed over the years that we definitely, you know, um, I guess uh, have a, a... a spiritual connection to that country. So your baby boy, brand new baby, how old was he by then? Two weeks old, a week old? A week old. So a week old and myself and dad. Where did we go from there from the airport that day? We went straight bush? We went straight to Najibara. Dad done his shopping and waited at the airport, picked me up with the column and put Garrick in it and straight to Najibara. And from this day on, from Najibara, guess what? Black boy walked on Najibara as a baby, one-year-old baby. Uncle Munya Munya took him for a walk and we looked back, we seen him walking. Mm-hmm. He was the first baby put his foot on Najibara, walking as a one-year, two-year-old child. How, how much people were living out there at that there time? There were plenty of people. You had, you had, so Uncle Munya Munya you just mentioned is Archie Rockland, yeah. who was married to your sister-in-law, yes. Mavis, yes. Mavis Rockland, who Mavis was Dad's was. only sister. Yes. She was out there at that time living? Yeah, Auntie Mavis was there mm-hmm. in the Bubba, Dad, Tommy, and his family was there. Uncle Walter <coughs> and his wife. So Uncle Dad, Dad, Tommy, George is married to your big sister Estelle George. Yeah, yeah. There was all kids. She had a lot of kids. Tommy and Estelle, even open children that grew up like kids wanted to live out there and didn't want to live in Dumaji. She had a couple of other children too, beside me. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit because back when the Wine You Got a Land Trust uh, court happened and your big uncle sang that rainbow serpent at yes. Najibara with, yes. your, with your big auntie, you know, um, yes. Yalagunjimara and Marundu, yes. they also held an initiation ceremony there. Yes. Tell me why did that happen? And because, because it would have been quicker for them to get the land back. They had to have this tribal thing for 
put business on country and stay there. They live there till they put this thing on, like the business on land. And if you don't have a ceremony on your land, you'll never get the land back. So those old men, led by Murundu Willie, who was a big song man, he was a Gujiga man, mm. he was a rainbow man, had a ceremony, a men's ceremony, initiation ceremony right there at Najibara to yes. prove that they had spiritual and cultural connection to that country. Yes. Is that true? Is that true? Yes, that's true. Yeah? Yeah. Who was some of the young men that became, I guess, boys that became men that day? Some, some of there was um, Michael George, Alan George, that was Tommy's two oldest children. Alan George? Horace George. Oh, Horace. oh you mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imrenu. So yeah. Horace George, yep. So, so that's that's Dad, Tommy's two eldest big sons, yep. And um, your and my two, my one, their one cousin belonged to them, Larry Rockland. Larry Rockland. Was Gilly there as well? No, not Gilly, only Larry. Larry. And then the entire family of Charlie Dick. Oh, all the old Charlie Dick's sons. Yeah, old, whole old. Lot so of you them. got Cyril Dick, ba- Bradley, Bradley Dick, Garth ja- Dick, and Jason, Jason Dick. Dick. They all yeah. went through there as they well. They went through at Najibara. So that's their Jamini Grand. That's their Jamini Grand. And two kids belonged to Tommy Dick. Who was those to follow? That Royston. Was Royston Dick and Alistair Dick. So all, they all went through initiation that during in the, that period. In, to during prove that time. Who was the, some of the lawmen involved with that? You had um, Pyro. In there. Bibi Alangu or Bibi Al- Alangu, Arthur, Peterson. Arthur Peterson. I've seen a really amazing photo of Arthur Peterson dancing yes. out there. With, with, uh, looked like he was doing Mundi or something. Yeah, Arthur Peterson and then you had uh, Tommy George was the main man of Najibara for the song lines there. He was singing that good year there, Tommy yes, George. Yes, Tommy George. He was the one that held the dingo good year. At Najibara, yes. The wheelie out song. Yep. That's Tommy George. That was his song. And he behold it out there. He was singing yeah, it. Yeah, he sing it. He sing it to Najibara at the ceremony ground. Mm. Does anybody know about that? No one doesn't know about it. Not that I know of. Well, neither do I. Now that uh, I'll say this, since I've become involved with all the winey business, you know, I grew up around Tommy George, and I heard him singing that song, and I used to sit around him a lot and hear him sing songs. And that song for that dingo dreaming came down through where Lawn Hill Station is. Yes. And he the boss of that song, Love and he that. owned that song. That's why He owned that song, and that's his story. And that's why we talk and sing, and we, we, we junga for that song, obviously, yes. we're sons. And we, yeah. that song, when it come down at Najibara, not, uh, from Najibara down through, through um, yeah. uh, over here, uh, yeah, mountain, Hill ha- mountain home back to Lone Hill. The Ngomari country, and the dingo came across to Dumaji, yep. and he and he left. He done. A, he done. He left a sacred site in the river at Dumaji. <coughs> yep. Yes. And then he, he gave birth to some puppies out at at uh, Bennickburn Swamp. Yes. So it's important we know this because it's culturally a very powerful thing for someone of Tommy George's caliber to have that dingo song. And have that good again in his tongue. And he was singing it out there to prove to white men that our law existed and still exists and will continue to exist wherever. Yes, because his son's got it all. So fast forward again. You're, you're um, living at Najibara. We have a heap of people out there. We have Auntie Hannah Barkley and her family. Yeah, Auntie, Auntie Helen. Auntie Helen and her children and husband. And I believe Auntie Meg was there as well. Auntie Meg was there it for was a little Keith while. was Keith Beasley's mother. yeah. Um, Auntie Carol and all her children. Yes, all of them lived there. Well, she was living with an old white man called Ronnie Walker at that yeah, time. Yeah, Auntie Carol. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember that. And she had all her kids there with yeah, her. Yeah, all her kids. And who else was there? Unc- um, Dad, Ethel, with his uh, son, two sons. Ethel two Peter? Children. Yeah, with Loretta and Elvis. Walter Peter was there with his yeah, sons? Yeah, with Aaron and... Because he didn't have any daughters, did he? Only yeah, Aaron. he only had two, three boys. Yes, Rossi Gray was the best. He was mate. born same time with Blackboard. Blackboard, Garrick, yeah. He was best brothers. So yeah. at what um I remember, you know, back then we, we got a lot of support and a lot of finances from the it Northern Territory side. Where was that coming from? That was coming from Northern Land Council and even from the ca- uh, uh, in Tennant Creek. Mm-hmm. We had more support from Tennant Creek the uh I don't know what the... That was Junkaraka. Was it yes. Junkaraka? I remember a man called Billy Fitz. Yes. Coming out of Junkaraka. And checking on us, see if we needed thing and wanted anything fixed on the land. And he'll go back and report it next time. Next following week, people come down to see what we needed and what was wrong with the country. We had, you know, Tom and Don build that country, you know. Mm. And looked for help. They drove to Tennant Creek. They didn't drive to Barlula. They drove to Tennant Creek, and that's where we got more help there. So tell me about the, when the first houses went up, the, the first um, corrugated iron houses that are at Najibara now. We moved out of the tea tree bark humpies. A reason I mention this is because I remember being in the tea tree bark company, and I remember the white men coming out to build those houses, and... Um, they used to show movies. Yes. And the, for the first time I seen movies up on a big screen at Bush, they showed a Clint Eastwood film called Every Which Way But Loose where he's got this monkey. Yeah. Uh, or this orangutan that, and he fights in it. Yeah. I, saw, I remember seeing that film out there. So tell me when, when, what year did that happen when those first houses went up? Uh, the first houses went up on 84, 84, oh, 84 and 85 okay. in Nigeria because we... We had them two little dongas first where we lived at Bobbitt's place. Yes, I remember. Yeah, that's that. the only two was there, and the other ones came. That was when Blackpool was the baby we took out, about 84. And 85, they built Auntie Hannah's house and Auntie Carol's house. 86, they put another house up at uh, Auntie Helen's place. It's a big house. Then it went on and they wanted more houses to be built there. So they built Auntie Mary houses you know, along the ridge at Najibara. Yeah. Yeah, there was five houses built there. But no one lived there. Okay. Auntie Mary went away, didn't come back. And those houses still there today. Mm. We used them, Blackboy, when we used to go out, we used to use Auntie Mary's house to stay when we come from Dry Creek. So we lived at Dry Creek. We never left. When Dad passed away, we never left. Mm-hmm. We're still there today. So what year do you remember us moving out to Dry Creek? Because um, I, I, I can remember, we could, um, I, I think Dad, Tommy, and, and old Mama Estelle moved out first away from there. Yeah. Away from Najibaro. Yeah, they moved over to Dry Creek. Mm. And I, I say this because I, I remember clearly, uh, I think later when you and Dad moved that way, there was a big fallout and there was a bit of an argument with Dad and Uncle Walter Peter. Uh, and it was, I remember it might have been around because alcohol. there was alcohol starting to come into the community. Um, yeah. At this stage, Hell's Gate Roadhouse was open. Was I think it was open in 1986. Yes. And one of the things they were doing was selling alcohol to our people. 
Yes. And, you know, the poison started leaking and coming into the Aboriginal community, you know, into Najibara at that stage. Yes. And I remember Dad going off, and he was very upset by them bringing alcohol into the community. Yeah. Um, and giving, you know, and it, at the time, it was a big thing, because I, I remember him saying to Uncle Walter and Uncle Athol, you know, I'm not going to live here if you're going to be bringing alcohol into this community. And he moved. He moved with you and his, his children. Yeah, I, I'd, I remember I'd already gone ahead with Mum yeah, and Yeah, with Mum and Dad. Yeah. I was already up at Dry Creek yeah. at this stage. Um, <coughs> but then having you and Dad move up there because of that big fallout. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember, I guess... Um, our um, Dad. Mm, and I also remember the, the first reason that our family moved there was because their two old mothers, old Limerick and Louie, told them that they had responsibilities up there because we had to look after that men's ceremony yes, um, storyline along the China Wall, or, you know, around um, Gurumburu. Yes, uh, we had Ngabiji Mangada living with us, and he said to them, you boys will have to look after this country later down the track. Mm. So he stayed with us, and he's the only traditional owner who lived there until he got sick, mm. and he stayed with me and Dad. That was Eric King. Eric King, Manguru. And he was he was uh, he, he spoke to Dad about the importance of that men's storyline yes. and that Jamani, all that ceremony around Dry Creek yes. and Fish River, big man story. Yeah. Tell me why I guess Dad, Tommy, and Don were so passionate about protecting Dry Creek and Fish River. They had to because they they were they were two men were young guys for the country. They looked after the country. They had song line for that country. That's why there was care, and no other people couldn't stay there and come into that country mm. because their uncles laid the rule out. Mm. This is your country, you look after it. One day when I leave, this is your country, and you care for it. You're a carer for this country mm. in my culture, mm. and no one can come and move you away. Mm. And I heard what Eric King said to my husband, you can't go away. You carer, you owner for this country now. When I leave, you know. Now, in law, when your husband passes away, mm. who does that pass down to? To our children, to our son. So the sons. The sons belong to Tom and Don George today. Mm. So would you consider Garrick Don George's son? Yes, that's his son. Would you consider me, Alec Dumaji? William Dumaji, Don George's son. You're his son, because in Blackpool law, you, you're his son. In white man way, it's your son. Mm. You know, that's his son. No matter what. Yeah. yeah. Even Derek and Dino, his son. That's what I was going to say. I was going to get to that. His two stepchildren, Dino and Derek, that he raised and made men. Are he, his sons. Are his sons. Yes. So he got four sons. Yes. I'm Well, actually, he's got five. We didn't mention Malcolm. Mac, Mackie, because he's Mac, hardly been with us. Malcolm's now crook these days. He lives down in Townsville and, and, and has to go on dialysis machine for kidney failure. Yeah. So he's got five sons. He's got Malcolm, then me. Um, I'm the oldest that is up here at the moment. Yeah. And then Garrick, black boy. And then we got Dino and Derek. Yeah. Um, let's go back to when you left Najibara and you left your two mother-in-laws there. Um, Widiga, oh Louie. Yeah. Um, and uh, our Limerick. What was our Limerick language name? I, I don't know what the old Bobbitt name I don't know what Bobbitt name was. It might have been a sad thing because one thing that I remember I loved about Najibara so much was the river. Yeah. I used to be always swimming in a river. Still there today. Yeah. You can't swim to Tell me about that Najibara River. What, what's something that reminds you of that? Of, uh, you know, um, 
we are sleeping and living there. We lived there before anybody else. And our kids used to go down in the river and swim and fish all day and get a lot of fish. And that, yeah. One thing that really stood out to me as a kid was when the balagas came, the yeah. flying fox. There was flying fox season and it was like Christmas. The yeah. flying fox would come and they'd hang off the tea tree. They'd eat the, the flowers, flowers yeah. and, and they'd, they'd poo into the water. They'd shit into the water and all the big brims and catfish would eat their poo and we would go there and fishing for them. You remember those times? Yes, we, I used to say, watch that, you know, we go fishing with the flying fox hanging because underneath that uh, tree there, you throw your line, you'll get fish, you know, because you could see all the waves underneath the tree where all the fish is. Catfishes and there and rims, black rims we used to get. And turtle, don't forget turtle. Turtle. Well, turtle was a good feed growing yeah, up. Yeah, plenty of turtle. Yeah. Now that balaga, that flying fox, that's actually your dreaming. That's my father's father dreaming, that one. And that belongs to you. Yes. So when I was a kid, we used to kill those things and eat those things. You yep. remember that? Yes, well, I used to, not but you. not me. I used to get sick when they used to kill the flying fox. I remember Dad, he'd always say, let's go get some flying fox, and we'd, we'd hit them off the tree, down the bottom end, down the bottom end. Yeah, Nigeria. and I didn't like that, because I said, no, you don't hit them. They're my story, to me and my ganga. But I remember eating them as a kid. Yes, I know. They used to eat them, and I used to get very sick. I haven't, I haven't eaten any in a long time. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they're trying to say that this new sort of sickness that's going around comes from a bat over in China somewhere. Yeah. But we've been eating bats, so we've been eating the flying fox for thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. And it's also your story. And it's not a sick animal. It's an animal that gives us health, gives us, I guess, some um, spirituality, and it's a big ceremony animal for us. Well, I'm going to leave this story now, and I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to come back and have a little bit more time with you at another time. But yeah, I just want you. Anything else you want to say before we go and say goodbye? No, okay. I don't want to say anything because we're going to get ready to go now because you're going to leave us and go back. You're in a hurry to get home to your children, and I know so you need them, and I need them too. But I need you to go home to them now for a week or two. So I'm going to play for you a song from our Uncle Archie Roach called the Maluwak. And it's about the spirit from the river, the river spirit. Uh, and he wrote this song for his old wife, old auntie Ruby Hunter. Uh, and it's yeah. a beautiful song. So I'm going to play this for the spirit of that Najiburra River and that Balaga dream and that you and I, when I was a kid, remember, and our time at Najiburra and that river and how much the Ganalanja River, that's yes, what it's really it's called. Ganalanja, yeah. Is that Wanya language? Wanya language. Wanya language. So this one is from Uncle Archie. Thank you more for joining me here on my podcast, Phoenix Rising, the Alec Tumaji Chronicles. <laughs> thank you, my mother. I want to thank you for all your help this week, all your support. You're very important to me. I love you very much. And we'll do some more of these little yarns. Yeah. We'll go now. Here's yep. the, uh, yep. this is the Maluwak, Archie Roach. Maragani 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 Talk to you again soon. Maragani Maragani Standing on this mountain See how far we come I see my brothers and sisters Still falling down Looked across this river 
where we want to be We cried all our salty, salty tears into the sea And the voice of the Mulyawonk is calling Yeah, the voice of the Mulyawonk is calling And Ruby left the river He cried so bitterly She was born by the water's edge Underneath this tree And she come back to the river So happily Cause she no longer A stranger In her own country And the voice of the Moyawonk Is calling Yeah, the voice of the Moyawonk is calling Now 
no need to cry In Ruby of the river Fools feels her destiny This woman is a keeper Yeah, she holds the key In the voice of the million is calling him Voice of the moon, you want is calling him. 